everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. On today's show, I am joined by Jeanette Huber. Now I'll give you a little bit, a snippet from her online bio, and then I'll tell you what we talked about today. Um, Jeanette Huber is a traditional naturopath with a specialized interest in autism, autoimmune disease, and degenerative illnesses. Her introduction to holistic health came following her own struggles with, get this, seriously, this is all one person who's dealt with this. We talk about this in the interview, multiple sclerosis, fibromyalgia, and Hashimoto's thyroiditis, one of my favorites, beginning in 2008, and her son's autism diagnosis in 2010. Naturopathy and Reiki led them both to true healing and recovery, which in turn revealed her purpose in life to work as an educator to others in natural health and wellness. You know, I love absolutely everything about this. Not only the remarkable story she has in, you know, here she's struck with all of these major, major health issues that were beyond debilitating and completely invading her life, right? Not only her life, but then her son. And instead of kind of falling flat on her face and giving into it and giving up, she chose to find a way to get herself out of this and heal in a, in a very holistic manner. And then through that healing, um, I mean, you'll hear this, what she, what she was not able to do beforehand, what she is able to do now, um, is, is a testament to that healing and that, you know, with time and with practice and with tweaking, um, certainly many of these more holistic approaches or alternative approaches to medicine can, and, and absolutely have been shown to work. And so that's why I was excited to have her on the show. And then we are definitely going to have her back on the show um, to have her on our business series um, where we can talk about, you know, just that part of her story, which is how she took her own life experience and made that into a business where she's doing what she's so passionate about, what she has experience in. And this is now her livelihood. 
Um, so we definitely will have her back on for that. But today we are talking most particularly about that journey, um, her own physical recovery from all of these issues that struck her early in life and how she's used food, lifestyle, a more holistic, naturopathic approach to medicine to heal and completely change lives of her and her son. So tune in, sit back and enjoy. This is in total, about 50, 55 minutes. So we went ahead and made it into two parts. Make sure you listen to part one and part two. And again, sit back, enjoy this interview with Jeanette Huber. Everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am here with Jeanette Huber today. And Jeanette, I'm so thrilled to have this conversation with you. I know it's going to be hugely impactful for so many people in our audience. And I also can't wait to have you back on the show for our business series and talk about other cool stuff like Reiki and your other areas of practice. But we're going to dive in today. So are you ready to go? Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited to be here today. Thank you so much. Well, whenever I have somebody on the show um, for the first time, you know, you have to know that so many people here are being exposed to you for the first time. And so they don't know your background and your history. And I always like to ask people, I know we're going to talk about, you know, you conquering a pretty big health issue in your life, which led to what you do for your business. You have a naturopathic focused business. And we're going to get into that. But for me, I would like to know, when did you, was it that that journey? Was it having those health issues? Is that when you first became interested in health and wellness and leading a, a healthy fit lifestyle or was it before that? So I always ask my guests, when did you first start living healthy or becoming interested in living healthy and fit? When was that for you and why? Well, um, I did it sort of, in a. It, it's a little strange how it all fell together because I learned a lot about various aspects of alternative health through helping my older son, who's now 12 years old, but he was diagnosed with autism when he was about three. And Mm -hmm. that's, introduced me to a lot of things that we could change regarding diet and supplementation and various lifestyle practices in terms of how to heal the body. Uh, So he really introduced me to that. But I was resistant and not even aware at that point that I needed those same things applied to my health because I was like many women that I see and practice now and friendships and we overextend ourselves. Yes. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom, but I was also running a business. I raised horses for a number of years. So that was, you know, I had no idea that I was meant to be working within Hmm. any other field at the time. I was all in my element with the horses and taking care of my kids, but I was eating very poorly, whereas my children, I was, you know, very structured and how they would eat. They got lots of healthy organic foods. Um, We'd removed a lot of inflammatory foods from their diets. But for me, it was like I'd go to the drive-thru when I was alone. And Interesting. um, Oh my gosh, I was was just horrible um, in terms of how I was treating myself because um, my emotional health wasn't, wasn't in a good place then. So I was, it was just manifesting through various parts of my, Mm. uh, life and I crashed and burned. Basically I got to a point, um, you know, initially I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is a fairly common, um, thyroid disorder. I've got it. Um, yeah. 
So I was on Synthroid for eight years because of that. Yeah. And um, initially, I I really didn't address it at all other than taking my pill every day. But, you know, the more I got into this holistic realm, the more I learned that I could actually reverse the damage and heal from it. But I also, you know, like I said, things were just compounding and I wasn't looking after myself. So I, as autoimmune diseases tend to do, they stacked up and I accumulated several. I was later diagnosed with fibromyalgia and then multiple sclerosis, which was just like the nail in the coffin almost. And at what age was this um, when you discovered you had all of this? Oh my goodness. (laughs) It was uh, initially the first Hashimoto's was in 2008. Um, MS and the fibro, that was all kind of around the same time, late 2011, 2012. Okay. So, um, and I, with that last one, the multiple sclerosis, I mean, it was just, I, I didn't give in to that as easily as I did with the Hashis where I was just like, yeah, just give me a pill. I did not do that with MS. I had my initial neurologist who really wanted me to get on something. She didn't even care what it was. She just wanted to get me on a drug. Um, and that was meant, I know now, to not resonate with me. It didn't feel good to have a doctor, you know, be mm. like, it doesn't matter what you take. You have to take something. That was just like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> doesn't sound very professional. <laughs> um, I have sorry. a question for you, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is for my own education or edification mm-hmm as well as I know some people. So I think when, when we hear something like MS, everybody's heard it. Mm-hmm. But unless you know somebody who has it, and, and I'm speaking for myself here, like I don't, I hear it and I don't actually, I'm, is, it, is it a disease that affects your muscles? Like, can you explain what MS is? Because I am not familiar. Okay, well, in terms of what my doctors were looking for and what they were able to find in order to even make the diagnosis. They found a a series of lesions on my brain through MRI. So I had several MRIs done. Um, Depending on the location, that's significant. So Mm -hmm. I had them clustered in one specific area of the brain, but also a few spread out. And then they also look at our, our optic nerve and for lesions on the spine because those can occur as well. So I had um, a lumbar puncture, which is to this date one of the hardest things that I've ever had done um, because I had so much anxiety in my life at that time. So then to, you know, add a lumbar puncture to it, it was like, you're doing what? But um, yeah, and I, in terms of the symptoms that I had, it was just an array of all kinds of things. Once they started, they just kept coming. And it was things like, I couldn't feel my feet or they'd, they'd be numb or they'd be tingly, kind of like that pins and needles feeling mm-hmm. that you get if your leg falls asleep. It was like that, but it would stay like that for very long periods. And it would be my feet up my legs. It was in my hands and my arms. Um, I, at the same time, had all the trigger points uh, along my body um, from the fibromyalgia. So that was really painful. But I, the MS had it so that and this is something I speak about now, but for a long time, I didn't tell anybody because um, even during all of this period of receiving the diagnosis and looking at treatments and having family worried about me, there was a lot I wasn't telling people because I had a lot of pride and I Mm -hmm. didn't want people to know how bad it was really getting because I actually could not 
at the worst. I could not really grip a pencil or a pen anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't turn doorknobs. I should not have still been driving because I couldn't hold the steering wheel very well or keep my feet on the pedals. So I'm a mom in a minivan with two small children. And I was like, I'm just going to do, I can keep doing this. I can keep doing this. But I couldn't even really pick up my two-year-old son anymore. I would just fall down. I'd be like out and because we had a farm, we had a horse farm. I'd be outside by myself and I would just fall down randomly. Like I would my bladder would fully release. I'd have no idea until I sat up that I'd even like completely released my full bladder. It was just, you know, no sensation of peeing. Yeah. Um, and my mouth, I was having trouble speaking and articulating. I couldn't say multiple sclerosis. Um, and then of course my memory, I was having some issues there with short-term memory, lots of brain fog, low blood pressure. I was dizzy if I stood up too quickly. It was just, it was so many things. Um, And it was very scary. Heat sensitivity too. And all of this. So, you know, and, and I, again, I didn't, so is MS, MS is an autoimmune disorder. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. Wow. Is it now, what do we say? Is it an autoimmune disorder or disease? Autoimmune it's a disease, disease okay. and it has different forms. I was diagnosed with the relapsing, remitting form, which what happens there, it's, it's just strange to me, but what happens there is you, you have periods where you relapse and you, or I was experiencing all those symptoms I mentioned, and then I'd get better for a little bit and I'd feel really good as though, you know, a a lot of those things would disappear. Um, And then you relapse again and it's just kind of that back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually as the disease progresses, you go into where you're just like in that relapse. Um, What was strange for me is that during the remissions, um, I still had just that really bad heat sensitivity. And I mean, I couldn't, I live in the South in Virginia um, on the coast. It's very humid here in the summer times for me to go from my air conditioned car into the house. I mean, that's just a matter of seconds, but if it were 90 degrees or hotter, I would be like laid out. I'd have to lay down. I'd be very angry. It was strange. It was um, affect my mood and make me very angry. I'd have to lay down just from barely being outside. So of course, you know, as someone who I still had a few horses at that point, I ended up having to sell a lot of them during the illness, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't care for them uh, sufficiently during the day. So I would do a lot of chores at night in the dark. Um, What I could still do, it was pretty minimal, but um, yeah, so I still had that during um, the period where I'm supposed to be fine. (laughs) I would also have a lot of issues with my memory and brain fog. So then my, my doctor had said, you know, well, those things are just, they're never going to go away. You're always going to have that. Um, even during remission, you're going to have that. And I was like, well, why even call it <laughs> relapsing, yeah, remitting if I'm still like having problems? But it's true. It did go back and forth for a while um, until I really figured out what I needed to do and step up and take care of it. So that so, now I don't have any of that. Well, so that, and that's a big step. For you, I mean, to hear it, you, I mean, because I know you have, but I can't wait to hear the story. So you're going through all of this. Your life has completely changed. And your life changed first with your son being diagnosed with autism, mm-hmm. which that's hard in and of itself. And so you're trying to take care of your young kids. And then this happens, which it just sounds like it was progressively devastating. Um, I certainly yeah. can't relate to having that many. I have Hashimoto's for sure, a lot of hormonal imbalance. Um, one of the hardest things I've been through is um, 
the past six, seven months, I've had um, chronic headaches and migraines that just Mm. got progressively, you know, more often and more intense and just debilitating. And, and to realize that, you know, I was just powerless and I had no idea what was causing it. And it's really, I'm just on, um, you know, my fifth week back of of being in normal health and being able to work. Um, and, And I mean, there were so many people like that were guests on my podcast. I would have just days where I would have to reschedule all my meetings, all my appointments. Cause I, I couldn't, I couldn't even look past and, and schedule a lunch date with someone. Cause I'm like, I don't know how well I'll be that day. I don't know if I'm going to be laying on my bed for four more days with a migraine. I was so scared about everything. So it, it can affect your whole life when you have mm-hmm. issues like this. And again, yours completely different than mine and much much more aggressive. So you've had all this stuff going on. Then what, how, how did you get to the point where you thought, I think I can start attacking this? Cause this is, this is the difference between you and so many women, let's just call them consumers, men and women out there. They will just rely on traditional medicine, medicine, right? Which is going to typically be drugs, which can often have a host of making things worse. And a lot of times they have multiple issues. So they're on multiple drugs that are causing multiple additional problems. And they don't even think like, maybe I can take matters into my own hands and learn about changes, lifestyle, food, um, stress reduction, whatever that you're, and I know you're going to address this, but how did you get to that point where you thought maybe I can start doing some research and figure out a different path? Well, yes, I I will say to the people that don't want to step into that, it, it feels like a lot of work. It did to me, you know, to even think I, I have this bottle of pills that I can put the responsibility into outside of myself that's easy. Um, people can be very complacent in that, even though they may be feeling terrible. And it's hard to remember or even know that you can feel better. Um, mm-hmm. For me, my whole life, I struggled. Like I actually was later diagnosed with Lyme disease, which was part of the wow. whole MS piece. And it is very common in MS. Uh, mm-hmm. It took a long time to, to d- discern that that's what it was, but um, I'd been living that way my whole life uh, to a degree of just kind of weak and energy, had a lot of digestive issues. You know, I just never really felt true vitality anyways. Um, so I was at a point for a while where I was like, I guess it doesn't get, it's not going to get better. <laughs> so, you know, with the Synthroid, I, I definitely was just putting the responsibility in that. But then I got to a point where it was like I'd reached a threshold Um nothing was feeling right to me anymore. Just what my neurologist was telling me, it, it didn't sit well. It, it, I knew there had to be other options. And I'd had that attitude with my son because when he was diagnosed, we were given just a really yucky prognosis that happens to a lot of parents. We were told that he would never have friends or be in a mainstream class or go to college or they even told us this ridiculous statement that they said he would never fall in love. And I'm wow. like, how can, how can a team of psychologists <sighs> even sit there and, and make a statement like that? Because he's recovered now and he embodies love in everything he does. He's in a mainstream class. He's on the honor roll. He plays team sports. Like he's proven all of that wrong. And it's because when he was diagnosed, I went into like this warrior mode, which happens a lot with um, autism parents. They will, they're like, you know what? we're just going to keep going. We're going to try. We're going to look, we're going to research. We're going to find out what we can do because 
you know at the core level in your soul that they're not meant to live this life locked in a box. And Mm -hmm. that's what I was being faced with with the MS. I just started applying some of the things that I'd used for my son, George. I started doing it. So I made some dietary changes. I started supplementing. I took stuff out of my diet that I should have taken out a long time ago. (laughs) Um, I followed Dr. Terry Walls for a while. She's a medical doctor who was diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS as well. She has a series of books and like her TED Talk, I watched that. It was so good. It's about um, eating to feed your mitochondria. Like I thought, wow, I guess I should start eating some vegetables <laughs> and some fruits. It's so funny for me now because it's like all I want to eat. <laughs> it, well, you I'm know, that, I really do. I think whether it's something like like this, in, in your case, a serious, you know, health wake up call, or you know, sometimes yeah. people just start down a fitness journey and then down the road they start eating better and then they they look into other things. For me, you know, the truth is this. Um, chronic pain situation for me. Um, I was searching for so many answers, and you know, it's led me to to see. I mean, when I sat down with my neurologist and she explained from a food and lifestyle perspective all the things that can cause migraines, chronic migraines. It was like, wow. And so, I yeah, I never would have thought like right now. I I don't see myself ever being vegetarian. But I, because I really do, I, I enjoy, I enjoy beef. I enjoy seafood, but I have found myself, um, because my cholesterol was really high when my blood work came back and I'm looking into a lot more, uh, Ayurveda. Um, I'm doing a lot of research on that. I'm having a guest on the show and I got this, um, cookbook and it's all Ayurveda based recipes, which are strictly, you know, all vegetable plant-based Mm-hmm. And you're just looking at this going, oh my God, this world is filled with such amazing, wonderful foods. Half of them, you've never even heard of some of these fruits <laughs> and, and you can combine them and just get so creative and, and really enjoy life. And so I think what so many of us don't do is, you know, there's so many folks out there that have, they're eating such shit food, they're eating fast food, they're eating packaged food. And they think they'll look at a quote unquote healthy person and they're like, I don't want to eat that because they think it's not great. They think it's not good. It tastes good. They think they're giving up all the good stuff. But yeah. it's just, there's a world of delicious food out there. Health food is not the way it was like in the late seventies when I was, um, you know, in my like fifth grade. And I remember my mom was starting to go on a health kick. There's one, there's a world <laughs> of amazing foods out there. So I, I apologize for interrupting, but yeah, I mean, no, you're fine. You're fine. You really owe it to yourself to start just exploring all the foods that are out there that you can be eating that can nourish your body versus just grabbing something in a drive through Yes, exactly. And I apologize because I was drinking something and it, it gave me a tickle in my throat. So, oh, don't worry. Um, I have that happen all the time. Yeah. I was like, oh, but um, no, what, what I found is this, this joy that food brings me now and connecting with it. Um, and, and I've run the gamut with diets, to be honest, like I've done all of them pretty much. Um, and I, now I eat very intuitively, but Mm -hmm. I use a lot of the Ayurvedic practices as well. Um, I feel the way that we're designed, you know, we're all different and we have certain elements that we're more dominant in versus others. And so we have more of, some will have more heat 
um, more moisture. Some people are more dry and, and, you know, the Ayurvedic practice really looks at that and helps you, you know, learn how to balance that out through the foods that we eat. Mm-hmm. So I go, I've done raw and that was highly healing for me. Um, but also I appreciate cooked foods and how they can ground me and calm me and bring me comfort um, and nourish me as well. So there's, there's a lot out there. <laughs> so you, you started changing and, and, and when did you, because it sounds like you're, you're past all of this. Like mm-hmm. would you, so how long was it until you started to see you, you made changes in your diet, you started eating better. Um, you probably started on, you know, stress reduction, sleeping mm-hmm. better, all of that. But how soon was it that you started seeing changes? Well, so in 2012, when I had that diagnosis, uh, in 2013, I got divorced or I I initiated, we initiated the stages of the divorce. We were separated for a period of time. And then later I was divorced the following year. That was highly stressful. Um, I'd gotten some, I don't know, I'd gotten a little bit of work in place um, with the vitamins and the diet throughout 2013 to the point where the new neurologist I was seeing was okay. Like she was amazing and she was okay with me not getting on on any medication at the time. Mm -hmm. She's like, keep doing what you're doing. Um, a lot of the symptoms like the numbness and the tingling had faded, uh, but I still was having some serious issues. And so went through the divorce, had my own place, just everything shifted so much in my life. By 2015, I discovered detoxification and its various ways to access it. So, I mean, there's foods we can eat for that purpose. There's things, biophysical means like, you know, sauna, lymphatic drainage, all kinds of things. Um, And then the spiritual aspect of detoxification. So all of that started to come in 2015, 2016, and stuff just kept disappearing symptom-wise, just one thing after the other. So that by the time I was, you know, 2016 was the big, it was one of the biggest years of my life, I would have to say in terms of, um, I had a lot of ego death, to be honest. I had a lot Mm -hmm. of layers to myself that had to go, um, really got to know myself and I've been single for a very long time. So I, I know my true authentic, you know, sole purpose here and who I am and what I love. And, um, I've been nurturing that and I feel like yeah, through all of that. Now I'm on the other side and I don't even, my energy level is so different. It's really hard to remember what it felt like to sit back in those symptoms. You know, as I described mm. them earlier, I can do it, but from memory, but it's just hard to even imagine that I was in that place compared to where I am now. When you, so, I mean, your whole business is now based, based around this, because I I can imagine, you know, you, you were able to heal yourself and, and get past. I mean, when you think about when I was listening to you describe what your symptoms were, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, how could you, how could you function? And again, in my, in my own context, different context, um, I, I can relate because when you have, when your life gets to a point where your health has gone in a very dark place, um, you just, you want life back. And, you know, I, I don't mean to sound melodramatic when I say that, but truthfully, like, I just remember going, 
I, I just want Steve to come home and to not have to tell him I had to like lay down on the couch and I couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I just, I was tired of any time something would happen. Kind of, you know, you were mentioning your pride and, you know, not talking about certain things. I, I think I was to that point where I was embarrassed by what was going on. I was, I was like, do people think I'm making this up? Um, you know, I feel like a loser because I can't work. I can't work out. I can't do anything and I can't figure out what's wrong with me. I don't know what's caused this. Um, so you obviously got past this and your life is better. And so you obviously then said, I want to help other people. So my question to you is there's a lot of people listening who, who hear this and go, you know, there's going to be people who are understandably skeptical. They, they're like, really, you can, you can heal MS or you could heal, you know, with food and lifestyle, but it really is. It's not, I don't think that you're suggesting someone comes in and sees you or somebody that's going to pursue a a holistic approach to healing and detoxification. This isn't an overnight fix, right? Like when you start healing your body, it's a process, but all of these different treatments like sauna, lymphatic drainage, I mean, these are things I'm learning about, red light therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's fascinating the things that are out there and they do progressively all add up. I mean, when I got this food sensitivity test done recently and it came back and it said, you know, Kelly, you are highly reactive to turkey, to bananas, to mangoes, to cauliflower, to mm-hmm. zucchini, to Brussels sprouts, to flax and wheat and soy and um, yeast. I was like, oh my God, like this is stuff I've been having all the time. And when I cut that stuff out, like I was having this skin condition on my neck. No doctor for seven years has been able to figure out what it is. Rock hard bumps that come, they're so painful. (laughs) They are scratchy, itchy. It's like I have poison ivy. They'd be all over my neck. My neck is completely scarred from the fact that I scratch at them, of course, and I pick at them. But within six days of cutting those foods out, all the bumps were gone. All the scratching was gone. And I haven't had but one tiny bump come back. And I think it's because I had gluten in, in these crab cakes at a restaurant. And mm-hmm. then I, you know, a day later it was gone or whatever. But it really, I can tell you that when you do start to make these lifestyle and food changes, it's almost amazing. You know, here I get this food test back, cut these foods out. And one of these problems that no doctor could solve is better. Hey, everybody, you've reached the end of part one of this two-part interview with Jeanette Huber. Make sure you tune into part two.